Amen. Amen. You may be seated as you take your seat. Hallelujah. We want to deal with uh, the subject matter with praising the Lord. Uh, Psalm 30 here, uh, dealing with this sermon titles, the series for this month, we're called Finding My Psalm. Uh, hopefully, uh, this might not be your psalm, or maybe it might be your psalm, but my goal is that you might find your psalm. And finding your psalm, you might find a way to relate to what the author is going through. You say, you know what? I've been through that. Looking at this psalm, you see the title there. Many of us who have our Bibles in front of us may see a heading there, and it says, A Psalm of David, a song for the dedication of the temple. I want to give a little bit of background here. Uh, Some suggest that that was a later addition because many of us may be aware that David did not build the temple. And so with that, they may suggest that in the time of Maccabees, in the time of, the po- of that time when they built the temple and rebuilt the temple after their exile, that they chose this psalm to be there, a part of them, part of their Hanukkah, part of their festival of lives, part of their dedication of the temple. Those who have been with us as we've gone through Haggai, recall like December 18th when they established the foundation and rebuilt the temple, kind of established that special day for them of celebrating the temple. They suggest that maybe they related to that psalm and put it to the temple. Or some suggest that maybe when it says dedicated the house or dedicated this place, it says house, not necessarily temple, that it might refer to when David took hold of the stronghold of Zion. And when he came to that place that he says, now this is the place the Lord has delivered me from my enemies. And this is when he has penned this psalm. What I'm trying to point out, we may not know the time or the issue of this psalm. But in this psalm, it is clear the problem, what's going on. In this psalm, we find out that a person was ill. A person was on their way to death. A person became proud with their issues and says, ha, look how I've made it. And this person found how God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And in that, that person found deliverance when he cried out to the Lord, found out that the Lord is a healer, found out the Lord is a provider, found out the Lord is a protector. Am I talking to somebody here on this morning that he found all these things out and we find it right here in this psalm. Is this your psalm today? And looking at this psalm, this psalm gives us reasons to praise the Lord. We've come here Sunday after Sunday to worship some of us. Some of us are visiting maybe for the first time or been here a couple of times and said, I've come here to worship. What I want to highlight here is that the psalmist is pointing out that he does not praise him because it's mandatory. He does not praise him because it's the popular thing to do. He does not praise him so he could tell somebody I went to church on the weekend. No, no, no. You look closely here. He makes it clear clear that I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. Y'all quiet on me. The reason why he praises him is because he realized that he couldn't make it without him. In our lives, I want us to grab here and think about in our lives that how we think we've overcome, how I think we might be successful, how we might think that we have made it in our lives and find out that when you think you've done all that you can do and you find out that you did it all without God being involved, then you're going to find out how little you really have. Walk with me in this song. Let's walk through this song. 
And my goal is for us today is to find out how great God's faithfulness is and how his holy ones should serve him and we should praise him. First, in this first psalm, looking at those verses one through three of this beautiful psalm, do you not see the theme there? I will exalt you or I will praise you, Lord. Here in this text, I want us to grab here because look at verse two. It says, oh, Lord, my God. He's highlighting that this special name that God you have as Yahweh. You are my God. Bring me, let me bring you back to this context of this background here that at the time when David is penning this psalm, there are many people that thought there were many gods out there. And so many gods had a title. So they would have Marduk as God or Baal as God. They had El as God. They have all these different things as gods. But when God introduced himself to Moses, Moses says, okay, God, you got so what's your name, God? So I can tell him who sends me. He tells them, Yahweh. He tells them, I am that I am. And so they become personally identified with their God, and his name is Yahweh. Some of us might not know it as Yahweh. We might know that as Jehovah. But yet his is the personal title that says, oh, you, my God, Jehovah. And pointing out that's why they are very reverence of this name, that even in times today, they won't even dare say Yahweh, but they'll say Adonai. And the reason why they say Adonai, which means Lord, is because they dare not say the Lord's name in vain. And so if I don't say his name, then I'm better chance that I won't say it in vain. So I will acknowledge him as Lord or as Adonai. I won't say Yahweh. Even this, check this out, that many times because they don't know how they say his name, then I'm even sure if Yahweh is correct. Because they just put down the constants Y-W-H. Weren't too many vowels in the Hebrew language. There's a lot of hard consonants. They add the vowels in later and understanding. So, therefore, when he says his name is holy, it's pure. It's an exclamation of being specific of who he is calling on. Why am I saying all that? Because you're going to find that there's some people that get in trouble and they call on any God. They don't even know the Lord, but they're going to say, Lord, help me. They're going to be sick in the hospital and they're going to hear you praying and say, will you pray for me? All of a sudden, when people get in times of trouble and sickness, they're looking for somebody to bail them out. And, and the thing is this, they're looking for anybody that got the answer. Can I help somebody out on this morning? Let them know that our Lord, who's sitting high on the throne, who sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, and who, that son, he rose from the grave on the third day and see that the right hand on the Father is on his name I call. I don't call on any other God. I don't call on any other the religion, but I call on him. So therefore, that's why I don't call out to Buddha. I don't call out to Allah. No, I call out to the Lord, our God, who rescued us. Look at the psalm. So he's, he's specific on who he's called on because he realized who rescued him. He says, it was you, Lord, who rescued me. What did he rescue me? He said, he rescued me from my enemies. Anybody here has some enemies? Got some people out there that would like to see your demise. Got some people out there that don't care if you succeed. Got some people out there looking, trying to take your spot. You know they're trying to take your spot. How they make sure you didn't get that memo, but everybody else got the memo. You late to the meeting, they're going to look at you funny. Because they want your spot. They mad every time you get a raise, they want a raise. Every time you get a new car, they want a new car. They, They just want your spot. They're not in it for you. They're in it against you. 
Let me throw this one in for free to help somebody else. Some people watch out. Uh, those who are patting you on the back may not really congratulate you. They might be just trying to find a weak spot. Because the next thing, that hand might not be empty. Let me help you get another one. Be careful those who lift you up, who cheer you up. They may be just practicing so they can be your pallbearers. There's people out there that want to see your demise. Don't rely on them. Don't trust in them. Don't put your faith in them, but look to the Lord. The Lord rescued him. Look, look, look up on these verbs. Now, you know, this is a psalm. Let me back around again. You know, this is a psalm. And this being a psalm, it's poetic. It's a song. And there's some themes in there. There's a play on words on here. Look again closely here. It says, I will exalt you, Lord, which means I will lift you up. Y'all see that there, right? For you rescue me. You refuse to let my enemies triumph over me. So not only will I lift you up, God, what? You lift me up. I see the play on words there. You lift me up that you, are, you did not allow my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, oh Lord, my God, I cried out for you to you for help and you what? Restored my help. Oh, that's good news. What I want to highlight here is this, that we serve the kind of God. We serve the kind of God that when you cry out to him, he knows exactly what you need. How many times have you gone to the doctor's office because you're, you're ill, you don't know what's wrong with you, and the doctor doesn't know either? Think about it. You go into the doctor, the doctor's going to ask you what's wrong. I came here to find out what's wrong. <laughs> Why are you asking me what hurts? Does that hurt? Yes. How bad? You saying that like, how long do I got to be in pain in order for you to find out what's wrong with me? Here in the text, nor did it say, I cried out and you asked me a question. I cried out and you healed me. See, even David is just like us in modern times. We want instant response. <laughs> how many of you, when you touch something, you want an instant response? And it and, and doesn't seem the faster you want something, the slower it takes. You know how it is, right? You go to a place of business and they're moving. But when you get up there, all of a sudden they say, I'm sorry, the computer moving, moving slow. That's what happens. Things get slow. But yet our God, can somebody help me tell your neighbor, our God's an on-time God? Yes, he is. And so looking at David, he realized that when I cried out, God, you helped me. You, you look how you helped me. You rescued me from my enemies and you healed my body. Am I talking to somebody yet this morning? Can you see yourself in this song? You brought me up from the grave. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. You see that theme again? I lift you up, God, because why? You lift me up. You lift me up from my enemies. I was on my way to death, on my way to the pit, on my way to the grave, and you lift me up. Is that a reason to praise the Lord? And look, look, he says, I can't stop there. I'm going to sing your praises because of your favor. Can somebody say favor? 
Look at how great his favor is. Think about it. In comparison here. Now he's given a comparison playing on time. Something's for a short time. Something's for a long time. What I like here closely here about our God, we find something about our God that he does get angry. He does get angry. And his, his anger is something to fear. But the beautiful thing he points out is that your anger is only for a moment. Woo! But your favor is for a lifetime. Ooh, you see that poeticness? Oh, your anger is for a moment, but your favor is for a lifetime. How else can I com- compare this? Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Y'all, y'all see that there? Say, oh, it's just going to be for a little while. But joy is going to come. Can we put ourselves in this psalmist? Let's think about it for the psalmist. This psalmist possibly was in a time of trouble, in a time of peril. His enemies have encamped around him. His body might be stricken with illness unto death. And yet he's thinking, I won't make it out of this. Anybody been there before? It's been dark. Oh, the storm is raging. Things are just not working out your way. And you're wondering, can I get out of this mess? And the time that we're going through it, it seems like a long, long, and did I say long time? But when we get through it, oh, hallelujah, don't it seem like it's so far, so far, so far away. We can remember it like it was yesterday, but we don't remember how much of turmoil, how much of pain, because once we got over, that's when we share over the goodness, that's when we shout hallelujah. Think about some of your pains, think about some of your pains, you're broken. Anybody here had a broken bone before? And when you break your bone and once it becomes healed, do you go back to that pain and that suffering anymore? No, you remember the pain and suffering, but you remember how you got over. <laughs> so I can walk now. The leg once was broken, but I can walk now. I can, I can run now. Anybody here ever had some surgery? Had, had some surgery? Anybody had some surgery? Now, 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 you remember the surgery. Am I right about it? But now you think about now that you're better, oh glory better God, that now that you're better, you say, oh, I can walk now, I can do this now. I don't have to wait in the bed calling on the nurse to get some more pain medication just to get out of here. But now I'm free. You see what I'm trying to point to us that in times of trouble, it seems like it's a long time. But yet it's a short time. Here, I want you to grab here that this psalmist is in pain. He's in anguish. And, he, and he, I want you to grab here that he knows why he's in pain and anguish. It wasn't because he was innocent. It was because he was guilty. What was he guilty of? You're asking the right question. He's guilty of pride. He's guilty of ego. He's guilty of complacency. What do you mean? Well, look in Deuteronomy 8, chapter, verses 17 to 20. I'll read this for your convenience. You can go back and read it for yourself. It says, God says this to the people. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. It shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God and 
go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you today that you will surely perish like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you. So you shall perish because you would not listen to the voice of of the Lord your God. What is that saying? He's saying this, that I'm going to bless you to come into the promised land, and y'all going to get fat, y'all going to get wealthy, y'all going to get healthy, and then you're going to say, oh, look what we have done. We've been good. We've been strong. It wasn't God that brought us out. It was these other gods. It was this. It was that. Because we did it all by ourselves. Then God said, then I will punish you. Mm, mm, mm. Or maybe... Some of, the, from some of you say, well, that's in the Old Testament. Well, some of y'all need some New Testament. Okay, New Testament. First Corinthians 10, chapter, verses 11 and 13 says, Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way to escape also, so that it will be able to endure. Hello, did y'all catch what's going on here? He got fat, he got comfortable, he fell into temptation, but God allowed a way out. What I want to highlight is that, see, God gives us warnings. To let us know that be careful because of your success that you don't fall into these trappings. He warns us. Why does God warn us? Tell your neighbor, great is his faithfulness. Because he has a covenant with us. He has a relationship with us. He wants us to be his holy ones. Y'all see that in the text? Oh, you holy ones, you ought to worship him. He, we are his chosen ones, his anointed ones, his saints, his people. And he desires for us to worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't serve a God because he gives us so many toys and trinkets that we ought to thank him. No, that's a mercenary. We don't do that because he just gives us all these things. No, we worship him because he is God. He says to us in this psalm that when I was prosperous, I said nothing can stop me now. Look what he says. This is your favor, God. It was your favor, O Lord, that made me as secure as the mind. He realized that it was your blessings. They gave me what I have, but in my pride, you turned your, you turned away from me, and I was shattered. And you understand, definitely in this Near Eastern culture, when somebody no longer looks at you or they turn their face away from me, they are a disgrace. It means that they're ashamed upon you. It means that they do not look to bless you. And so, therefore, if you are not in God's presence, I mean, he turns his face from us, that we're away from favor. We're away from his blessing. And the psalmist understood that because of my pride, because of my ego, I've sinned. And this sickness has fallen upon me. My enemies have encamped all around me. I realized it was my fault. Oh, oh, watch out somebody. I just said some curse words in the church. Some of y'all didn't catch it because y'all can't say my fault. Because you have been so good, it's never been your fault. It's always somebody else's fault. You can't say it was my fault. 
Y'all quiet on That's why I'm going to stay here. I'm going to beat you up right now because when you can realize that you are a sinner and you've fallen short of the glory of God, you're going to find out that when there's mess in your life, it's not everybody else's mess. It's your mess. And you need to say, it's my fault. Lord, forgive me. So and so, forgive me. It was my fault. And once you put yourself in a position of loneliness, then God's ready to pick you up. Some of y'all so high up that you can't be bent that you're going to get broke. And when you get broken, then you're going to be like this song, but you're going to say, oh, Lord, please hear me. <laughs> and so when we get to this position of realizing that I am weak, I make mistakes, I do sin, then we start realizing that, Lord, I need you. Because by myself, I can't make it. Left to my own, my own thoughts. Oh, watch out, somebody. Left to our own thoughts. If, if you could really write a book, I said really write a book. Because, you know, most people write a book. They say they put everything in there. They don't put everything in there. But if you could really write a book about your secret thoughts, things that just come through your mind just out of nowhere, you scare yourself with these thoughts. That if you started putting those things down, oh, Lord, have mercy. And if we had our weight, I, I, I guarantee if, 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 if you had a choice that you did not have to work in order to make a living, that you could stay home and do what you want, we would be in a messed up world. All things would just fall apart because we could, do, we could sit home and do nothing but take care of our own selfish lusts. Mm. And see, the psalmist understood that when I got comfortable when I was just taking care of my own greed, thinking how wealthy I am and how great I am, then I found out how much nothing I had. And so look what happened to him. He recognized God's favor. I want you to look around in your life and take inventory and realize all that you have and realize that's nothing but God's favor. You know. A lot of times we think because we are this and we are that. But yet, your family, your children, your spouse, your husband, your wife, that's by his favor. The proverb says, he who finds a good wife, good woman, will find favor from the Lord. That's favor from the Lord. Not because I'm the Mac or I got this, I got that. It has nothing to do with that's God's favor. You better thank God for his favor. Think about how the house you grew up in, you could have grown up in the house next door. Watch out, somebody, because you already know y'all have that next door there. You're like, I don't want to be there. It's by his grace. We are who we are. Think about it. It's by his grace that you were late leaving your house, that that was your car turned over in the intersection you drove by. It's by grace. It's, it's not because you had it all mapped out or planned out. God got it all mapped out and planned out because he's sovereign. Anybody here know that he's sovereign? That he can make choices all by himself. He doesn't need our input. And so when we look at this, we see here that God, I must confess. That in times I thought everything was held together because I was holding it together. Everybody else was wrong, but I was the only one standing right. Lord, I must confess in those times I was completely wrong. I was completely out of order. And now I want to surrender unto you. 
And look what happened. He says, Lord, I cried out to you. What? I begged you for mercy. And, and now he gives us some stuff that maybe we can't relate to because in their context, they understood many, many of the ideology was this, that if I serve the gods, the gods will take care of me. So therefore, we must bring food to the gods. That's what the sacrifices were. We must make a house for the gods so the gods have a house to live in. I just want to scratch this for Israel. God made it clear to David. He says, look, you could build me a house, but I don't need it. He says, uh, that's nice that you want to build me a house, but I don't need one. But since y'all feel like I need one, I'm going to allow you to make one, but you can't make it. <laughs> God let him know that this, the earth and the fullness of is mine. The heavens is my dwelling place. Uh, I made the earth. The earth did not make me. I am in control. But because you need this, I will allow you to make a house for me. Pointing out to us this, that. The, the people thought they were doing God a favor, but God is doing us the favor. And so the psalmist points out to say, well, God, because if I died, if, if, if I died, who will praise your name? If I died, who, who will worship you? And I want you to highlight that Jesus made it clear. He says, from these rocks, can't cry out. Don't, don't get caught up. You can shut these people up, but these stones will cry out. God can make stones cry out. So another thing, don't think you're so high than you ought to think. Matter of fact, just throw this one for free. God can even make a donkey talk. And so he's pointing out that, Lord, if I die, if I go into the grave, who will worship you? Who will praise you? But we also want to highlight this, that he understood that now that I am alive, now that I am in the land of the living, now I'm on the top side of the grass. Hello, somebody. Not on the other side of the grass. Now that I'm on top of the fertilizer, not being fertilized. Hello, somebody. I might as well praise you. Why, why should I, should I praise you? Because of your faithfulness. Because you had mercy on me. And then I'm going to close with this part of the song and lead to my final conclusion. Look at the, I told you it's a song, right? See the play on words here? It says you turn my morning into dancing. You taken off my clothes of mourning, you took off my rags of sackcloth and clothed me with joy or gladness. First, can I highlight to you that he's showing again how you changed my countenance. You changed my outward appearance. At once I was in mourning, I was in deep sorrow, ready to die. But you changed it around. Anybody here glad that God can turn it around? That I once was sad, I had a frown, but God, you could turn it upside down, and now I have joy. Oh, glory be to God. Then, then he goes on to say that when people mourn, they will put on sackcloths and ashes to demonstrate their mourning. But here, he's not just talking about a physical dress, but a spiritual dress that, Lord, you took off the depression, you took off the mourning, you took off the sadness, and now I'm clothed, oh, glory be to God, with some gladness. Is anybody here glad uh, that you can have Jesus down in your heart? And if you got Jesus down in your heart, you got some joy, some J-O-Y, and then you have some joy. Your attitude change, your walk change, your, perce- your perception in life changes. 
So now that I got a choice, that I can't be silent, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks for how long? Forever. You'll catch that. How long will I give thanks to him for how long? And think about it, because your favor is forever. Not only is your favor forever, I'll give praise to you forever. Let me give you this conclusion. You cast this. How can this be my psalm? You're asking the right questions this morning. Let me leave you alone before it gets to the afternoon. And so it still be this good morning. Because I want you to catch this. How this my psalm. This is my psalm. I'm talking about us. This is my psalm. Can somebody say my psalm? Because I once was in sickness. On my way to a grave. Oh, this grave has some fire there ready to burn me up. And it wasn't for some ashes. No, it's where the worm never dies. Hell, fire, and brimstone I'm talking about. I was on my way to hell. Is this microphone? Am I talking to somebody? Is this your song? Were you not sick in sin on your way to hell? But the Lord heard. Your despair cry, and he reached down, and he saved you. Has anybody here been redeemed by the law? If you've been redeemed by the law, my question, can you be silent? Can you say hallelujah? Can you bless his holy name that he saved you? Oh, he saved you from sin sickness. He saved you from cancer. He saved you from diabetes. He saved you from hypertension. He saved you from blood pressure. He saved you from glaucoma. Oh, some of y'all say, I still got some of these issues. But one of these days, he's coming back. And when he comes back, good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify. I'm going to praise him forever, forever, forever. No more pain, no more sickness, no more dying, because he lifted me. That's why we can sing, I'm so glad. Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad. Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad. Jesus lifted me, singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus lifted me, Satan thought he had, Satan had me bound, but uh, Jesus lifted me. Oh, he thought he had me, Satan had me bound, but uh, Jesus lifted me. Oh, Satan had me bound, but uh, Jesus lifted me, saying, singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus lifted, saved and sanctified, saved and sanctified. Jesus lifted, doors of church are now open, saved and sanctified. Jesus lifted, anybody here want to bless the Lord? He saved your life, hallelujah, he rescued you. Will you come to him? Singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus lifted I'm so glad. I'm so glad. We welcome you here in this place. Is there someone today? Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad. Jesus lifted me. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, glory.
glory, hallelujah. Sing glory, glory, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus lifted me. Oh, hallelujah.